When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, Hyundai and Kia set U.S. sales records for November. Honda will build a CRV fuel cell vehicle in Ohio. And Cruise eyes a big expansion next year. Plus, we'll hear Jamie's conversation with True Car CEO Mike Darrow from the LA Auto Show last month about his thoughts on new electric models and whether they'll help drive EV adoption. The good news for the EVs that I've seen is they're all good products. I think they'll appeal to the mass market. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. U.S. sales at Toyota, Mazda, Hyundai, and Kia rose double digits last month from a year earlier, with the Hyundai and Kia brands both setting November records. Deliveries jumped 43% at Hyundai and 25% at Kia. The results come amid rising production and inventory across the industry after the microchip shortage and other supply chain snags limited automakers from being able to meet demand for new vehicles for much of the past two years. Hyundai said its inventory has more than doubled from a year ago to almost 40,000 vehicles at the end of November. That's up from just over 30,000 a month earlier and 17,000 in November 2021. At Toyota, brand sales rose 12%, while Lexus fell more than 4%. Toyota car sales surged 42%, including an 80% gain for the Corolla. But the brand sold almost 4% fewer SUVs. Honda and Subaru will release November sales later today, followed by results from Ford on Friday. The rest of the industry reports U.S. sales on a quarterly basis. You can find the most up-to-date sales results at autonews.com. Meanwhile, Toyota and Honda are losing loyal owners to rival brands that are further ahead in the electric vehicle transition. They include Tesla, Ford, Hyundai, and Chevrolet. That's according to a new report from S&P Global Mobility. Toyota and Honda executives have said they are accelerating EV projects after waiting for the market to mature, with Toyota chairman Akio Toyota showing 16 future Lexus and Toyota EVs to journalists nearly a year ago to prove the point. S&P Global says EV share in the U.S. has more than doubled to more than 5% in the 12-month period ending on September 30th. And experience says battery electric vehicle share in California, a traditional stronghold for Toyota and Honda, reached 16% through the third quarter of 2022. Toyota held its number one spot in California so far this year, but registration data show newcomer Tesla was number two, Ford was number three, and Honda was number four. Speaking of Honda, the automaker will build a fuel cell electric version of its sixth-generation CRV compact crossover starting in 2024. In addition to using fuel cell technology, which promises quick refueling and generous range, the vehicle will feature a plug that will enable drivers to charge the onboard battery for electricity-powered trips around town. The Japanese automaker will produce the vehicles at its Performance Manufacturing Center in Marysville, Ohio. Honda did not say how many CRV fuel cell vehicles it expects to build, 
but that facility is used for assembling lower volume products and specialty performance vehicles, such as the hybrid Acura NSX supercar, which ceased production there this month. And GM's robo-taxi unit Cruise plans to enter a large number of markets and scale operations up to thousands of vehicles in 2023. That's according to COO Gil West, who spoke with Reuters. Cruise has announced plans to start offering rides in Austin and Phoenix, adding those cities to its current base in San Francisco. West said the company plans to expand to more cities in 2023. He says the planned launch of the Origin, designed as a purpose-built automated vehicle, is a, quote, huge unlock for Cruise because of its lower cost. Cruise is currently testing human-operated Origins in San Francisco. Volume production is expected to start in 2023. Up to now, Cruise has operated its limited service in San Francisco with a small fleet of Chevy Bolt EVs. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll hear from the head of TrueCar about what he thinks of the new EV models that automakers showed off last month at the LA Auto Show. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money Podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Warning. Your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. There were plenty of new EV models on display at last month's Los Angeles Auto Show, and they represent an important milestone in the shift to electric propulsion. As we mentioned earlier, EV share in the U.S. has more than doubled this year, and automakers are now moving toward models they hope will appeal to a mass market. Instead of courting early adopters and enthusiasts with lots of money to spend on a new vehicle, many new models are being designed to appeal to the average American family. Our own Jamie Butters talked about these new EVs at the LA Auto Show with Mike Darrow. CEO of TrueCar, an automotive pricing and information website for new and used car buyers. Here's their conversation. Mike Darrow, welcome back to Daily Drive. It's good to be here. Good to talk to you, Jamie. Good to see you. It's, uh, it's great to be uh, at this show. It's a pretty lively L.A. show. It is. It's been very active. I'm glad to see people back out and uh, floor space is all taken up. The cars are beautiful. So it's it's just like being back at an L.A. auto show. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So 
Um, you've got some new research about consumers' EV interest. Uh, tell me what you found. We do, and, and, and the consumer interest in EV is growing at a pretty rapid pace. Last time we did our survey, it was about 52% okay. uh, would consider an EV nationally. It's jumped up to 59 since March. Wow. So a nice jump. In L.A., it's actually 68% of consumers would consider an EV for their next purchase. So uh, certainly building out, I uh, was at the North American uh, Car Awards, uh, uh-huh. where they picked the finalists, six of those nine are electrics. Right. So there's certainly a lot of, of innovative product coming out. And I think what consumers, the, the range anxiety seems to be dissipating. Everybody's up around 300 miles of range on their batteries. Still concerns about where to charge. Yeah. And uh, certainly homeowners, are more active in leaning into the EVs than folks who have to figure out whether they could put a charger in an apartment or where they'd have access to charging. And here in California, certainly gas prices. You know, when the first number of your gas uh, price is five or six, it tends to <laughs> people have look at alternatives. So create create some openings for uh, for alternatives. It does. Yeah. So. Well, and of course, you know, California has always been kind of ahead of the curve. First with, uh, you know, the Prius, uh, I think there was a, this was a huge market for that. And then, of course, Tesla, when when it was based here, they were almost a mass market car in this yeah. crazy market. Well, it really is. And speaking of the Prius, the, I saw the beautiful new Prius they're coming mm-hmm. out with. That's a great car. So there's even the hybrid, you know, approach is still there for the folks who maybe want to take an interim step before they jump all the way to electric. But the Hyundai Ioniq, we saw that's the six. This morning was introduced. That's a good-looking car. Beautiful. And I think as this next wave of uh, EV considerers come to market, they're going to have a lot more choices to look at. They'll have a lot more. The, the early adopters for EV, our data told us, were the tech-savvy, engineer-type folks who were t- chasing the tech as much as the, as much as the EV aspect. So, you know, we, we think now that's broadening. We think we'll see more and more buyers uh, consider EVs. Well, of course, the market is still mostly gas-powered vehicles. Uh, EVs are topping 5%, right. but uh, still still pretty small minority. So what do you see um, overall in terms of, of demand? Are, are higher interest rates starting to change shopping behavior yet? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of phenomenons going on. You've got the, the mass market issues of the economy. Interest rates are going up. Uh, we've got inflation being pushed up. So, you know, those things tend to put a damper on the market. The good news in the automotive space is inventory hit an all-time low in October of 21 of about 900,000 units. It's up to 1.5 million now coming out of October in 2022. So there is more selection out there. We're hoping that will mean prices will come down. Right. Right. And, and put a little more balance to the market. You know, the, the market has been a very supply-controlled market, right? Pricing's been at all times high on new cars, and then that allows a space for used car prices, so they've been going up. Um, but now as, as um, new car inventory builds, we think pricing will come down probably cause used cars to adjust a bit. It'll be more of a buyer-friendly market. Well, it sure seems like used car market has been very volatile with prices racing back toward normal, not all the way to normal, but getting a lot closer. What are you seeing in terms of shopper behavior for EVs? Are they just getting, is there more to choose from or, or are they more constrained by credit issues? Or? Yeah, I, I think what we see is um, the folks who are shopping an EV are, are ones who have a chance to experience one in the past. So okay. 
many of the folks considering are looking at a second or third vehicle. Right. I think the OEMs have seen there's a bit of a fear of the unknown with EVs and the ability to get a consumer in the car, have them test it. That's why these test tracks are so cool, right? With no combustion engines, you can actually drive these vehicles inside. So I think over the next week or so, there'll be a lot of people crawling inside these vehicles, seeing them, testing them. And, and the good news for the EVs that I've seen is they're all good products, right? They're, they're, they've got nice designs to them. They're very uh, forward-looking, forward-leaning type vehicles. And I think they'll appeal to the mass market. I mean, they definitely are uh, the most exciting cars, and they're, they're where the automakers are putting their energy. But the prices are still, you know, higher on average, and they cost a lot more to make as well. Yeah, there's certainly some affordability issues around EVs that are going to have to be figured out. Um, there's some tax credits being considered and, you know, all the issues around that and who's going to qualify and who's in it. I think that'll get sorted out. And then I think the, the manufacturers will go to work once they get a sufficient supply out there. They've always done a good job of helping consumers address affordability. So, you know, maybe we'll see some uh, EV leasing type programs where you can do some lease vehicles and bring some of that price down on a, on a monthly basis. So. Not a lot of leasing going on at all these days. No, there isn't. I think leasing's <laughs> at an all-time low, and it, it was in the mid-teens. I think the last time we checked, it went from a, you know, it used to run up around 30% or so. Right. So, and, and that's not only affecting the new car market, but that's going to have an impact on used cars down mm -hmm. the road, right? Those, those lease vehicles coming back created a, a really good flow of used cars for our retail partners, and you know, that market's not going to be out there anymore. Right. It's uh, dried up. And of course, we had so little production for so long. The lightly used one to three year old models are just going to be really scarce. They are. They are. And those were the vehicles that consumers would move to when they couldn't find the new car they wanted. So, you know, the, the shortage of new cars, the shortage of lease returns, all of those things, I think, were moving a lot of buyers from a new car considerer to used cars uh, in the third quarter of this year. 40% of the people who bought a used car on our site started shopping a new. Oh, wow. And ended up buying a used. So you can see folks are, they're making the trade-offs, they're moving back and forth depending on what they can find. Yeah, that that's a very interesting uh, uh, sales process that's there. Right, for um, sure. So you mentioned, you know, the increasing inventory, and I would think, you know, yeah, more inventory and higher interest rates are going to help drive leasing back. But as you see, um, with what you can see into the inventory, are there particular brands that are gaining it back faster than others? Are the, the U.S. brands kind of getting more inventory? It seems yeah, like? yeah, they are. The, the building inventory is certainly lumpy by brand. Uh, and and the, the one thing we have seen is the brands who are able to build their inventory are gaining share. So brand loyalty is at an all-time low right now. And, and I think what consumers have done is they're forced to make these trade-offs. If they can't, if they're a typical... Honda or Toyota buyer and they can't find it, they're looking at Mazdas, they're looking at Kias and Hyundais and that. So I think all the OEMs are encouraged to build their inventory. The domestics are probably doing the best job right now of catching up. Uh, Mazda's doing a nice job in building some inventory. So it's, it's a little bit different by brand, but it is starting to build. Do you feel like there's much pent up demand on the consumer side in the market? Yeah, I, I think, you know, all the data we've looked at tells us there's a huge amount of pent-up demand out there. From 2020 till now, you know, there's been some some forecasts that maybe 7 to 8 million new car buyers have been pushed to the sidelines, right? Just didn't make wow. a choice. Yeah. You know, I have did a, a personal story for in our household. 
we always leased two cars. Mm-hmm. Those leases came mature. We bought them. Right, so like so many people, because it made better yeah. sense. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting here waiting to see prices stabilize a bit. So right. I think there is a lot of pent-up demand. I think inventory is going to have to build. Prices are going to have to adjust. Mm-hmm. And I think people will come back to the market. Okay. Yeah, I would I would think the consumer there's still pent-up demand from consumers. Obviously, a lot of the business buying, if, if they didn't do it in 2020 or 2021, then those are just expenses they're never going to pay. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. I know uh, just recently you got a sizable investment from AutoNation of all companies, not always a company uh, that that you've had the best relations with. Tell me about that. How's that going to work? We do have a deep commercial relationship uh, with AutoNation that's built over the years. It got a little bumpy in the past, but in the past several recent years, uh, we've had a broad relationship with them. They partner with us on a number of different things. Uh, we have a driven to drive program where we donate vehicles to injured, injured veterans mm-hmm. coming back with donated eight vehicles. They provide the vehicle for us. So, so we've worked with them commercially for a while and we've been in a pilot in Florida with a product called True Car Plus. Okay. And they're in Fort Lauderdale and we've right. been talking to them a lot about it. And AutoNation is a very consumer driven organization. Uh, all of the national brands are investing heavily in digital retailing platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, Alithia has driveway, there's sure. a number of different ones out there. So we've been showing uh, AutoNation and many of our partners what we're working on on TrueCar Plus. They went into the marketplace and bought, you know, they did that commercially outside of us. Two public companies can't really get together on that sort of thing. So they bought from the marketplace. We didn't issue any additional shares. Okay. Uh, and, um, you know, we're excited to have them in our cap table. It's just a passive investment, though. They're not trying to put no. anybody on the board. No, no, or, okay. no, no, no board seat with it. And, and uh, we actually found out about it after it was done. <laughs> and there was a 10-day window from the time they actually made the purchase till the filing. And they asked if we wanted to make a comment. And, you know, I was included in the, in the press release. So... We're glad to have them in our cap table. Uh, they're a good partner, uh, and we think we can do some work with them to show them what we've learned around consumer retailing and, and you know help them advance their own products. And not, a, not anything that's going to cause any trouble with your other dealer partners? No, I think AutoNation realizes that the value of our platform is having a lot of dealers participate. We need to be a fully branded marketplace. They understand that, and I think... They're really just looking to lean in and learn and, and help us work together. They, they want to be customer first. We try to be customer first all the time. And, you know, we think we can, we can work together and learn a lot on those things. All right. Mike Darrow, thank you so much for joining me today. All right, Jamie. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Nick Bunkley, Carly Schaffner, and Lawrence Ilift of Automotive News for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on EV adoption, sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about how dealerships should prepare for cybersecurity threats. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.